0: victory in the camp. Amen. God bless. You may have your seats for a moment. I want to welcome you all this morning to the house of the Lord. We're so thankful for the gatherings that we have here, and we believe they're just bringing us a little higher every time. Amen. Uh, Brother Ray just mentioned briefly, we have a brother that has a birthday here today. So, Brother David Kesser, uh, just turning 50 today. So, Welcome. (laughs) <laughs> from somebody who's <else's laughs> <house. laughs> passed. Amen. Uh, we're all moving along. So, There's another brother here who has... a br- I, Brother David, it was yesterday, right? There was another brother who had a birthday yesterday. Brother Ed Semenak. And not to be outdone, he turned 60. <laughs> Amen. God bless our brothers. Just want to share a quick testimony. Uh, Brother Simon Lal. I'll just read it. We both want to give our thanksgiving in the congregation of the Lord. He's our refuge and strength and a very present help in a time of our need. We love our Lord Jesus. He's faithful and true. I lost my job on March 19th due to COVID-19. We were trusting in God, knowing that he's the only one who could help us. Then we heard the testimony of Brother Ron Spencer and saw his faith. We felt our situation was nothing as compared to Brother Ron. His testimony gave us encouragement, lifted our faith. Pramila and I both prayed and asked the Lord to help us to be more faithful to God and to live an uncompromising life for him. One month after my layoff, I got an interview call and the company needed two people for the same position, one for day shift, one for night shift, hundreds of candidates applied. They asked many questions, but one stood up. Would I like to work the day or the evening shift? I said the day shift is I would like to go to church and didn't want to miss that. They said, okay, just send us your reference. I didn't get any further response from them. I praise the Lord anyway, because all things work for good to those who love God. Amen. We had come to a point where all our savings were finished and we were thinking, what will we do? But God always comes in the darkest hour. Sometimes when God is silent, He's doing something for us. He comforted us with His presence around us, and we had such a peace. So it's now five months after the layoff. Our trial had become so hard. I got a telephone interview on Wednesday before coming to church. It was from a multinational company. This company also wanted me to work Sunday and Wednesday till 6 p.m., although only on alternating weeks. This time I said okay, but internally the thought of missing church twice a week twice in a month was hurting me. God knows our hearts, so Thursday morning, I got a phone call from the original company where I was laid off. The manager said the quality manager has quit and they want me to start working the next day. I never even thought of that. So since Friday, I've been working in the same company again. Praise God. He also writes he said on Wednesday brother Max spoke on that which hath been is now coming from service we were both saying when God has done something once he'll do it again and he proves his word brother Ram said your job's not permanent your house is not permanent your car is not permanent the only thing is our everlasting God seek the kingdom of God first and everything will be added to you no matter what comes with our jobs or due to covid-19 god help us to have more fellowship more and more with him God bless you all for praying for your phone calls for your visits. May the Lord bless you all a hundredfold. We love you, brother Simon. God bless you, brother Simon. We're happy for you. God is so faithful. Yeah. He's faithful and true. We so appreciate him. Well, we had a wonderful time on Friday. The Lord gave us uh, a great time out at the Nunmilers. We had an outdoor tent. We had to limit our numbers to 100. There was a lot of extra work. Many contributed, but I'd say it was worth it. And above all, God blessed us with good weather. And then the part that's always memorable is the Word of God. And we had our brother Kyle Morton. He was a blessing. And brother Kyle is originally from the Lower Mainland area, well, Vancouver Island, B.C. He was at the work in Cloverdale. He helped to start a work in Victoria. He's out there laboring now in Victoria with the church there and the believers. I'd like to just say I've known brother Kyle for many years. And what I appreciate about him, there's nothing pretentious. What you see in the pulpit is the same thing you get every day. He's the same guy on the basketball court. He's the same guy in the pulpit. He's the same guy when he's witnessing to somebody in the message, outside the message, wherever he is. And so we appreciate that. And we appreciate all the gifts that God has given us. And every gift is a blessing. So I I just want you to look this morning to the Lord. Enter in. How many enjoyed the service that were there on Friday? How many enjoyed it? Amen. That was wonderful. We thank God for it. So let's stand together this morning. We're going to invite our brother Kyle and I'd like to say, you know, he, every man has got a gift, but a, we can look at the outside and we can appreciate the little things he said and how this happened or that happened. But there's also something that God wants to speak to us. So there's an outside part, remember, but ask yourself, what is God saying to me this morning? I, I, I was personally at the grad and I felt like, man, I need to, I need to graduate again. I, I don't think I've graduated from where I need to be. I, I wish I would have known. Half the things that he was saying yeah. two weeks ago. <laughs> like, like it, it, I thank God for for how He ministers and He speaks to us. So, let's let's welcome the Holy Spirit this morning. I, I I just maybe let's just change the order a little bit. Let's sing "My Heart Is Open." Let's let's open our hearts. Let God unlock what we hold inside. And you know, th- there's one person you can let it all go to. That's the Lord Jesus. He's here. The Kyle's family is here. We we thank God for that. They they drove all the way out. Let's just pull on the gift of God this morning. Let's let the Lord minister to us. God bless you all. Nice to have you all in church. We're just looking for a good time.
1: Lord, my heart is open. And-
2: God bless you. Good morning. Hope you're doing okay. Amen. We're certainly happy to be here with you on this grad weekend, and uh, I've only been here once before in 2009 for one of your conventions, so some of you are probably here for that. I remember brother Ron Maleva was here, Jim Namichi, Albert Green, Ron Spencer and so forth, so that's the only time I've been here, so I'm a bit of a stranger here, but uh, some of your faces I know. I won't, I won't mention names, but I've met some of you at Bible Way Camp and things like that, in at Cloverdale, so it's nice to be here again with you, and uh, the new ones that I've been meeting this weekend, and I'm happy for the grads, graduating from high school is a, a wonderful thing, I appreciate Brother Ed Hammermeister, his uh, friendship, and he's been to my house there in Duncan, him and his wife, and Brother Ethan, his son, so I appreciate them visiting us there in Duncan, we live in Duncan, and the church is in Victoria, Then I work in Nanaimo as a gardener for the school board, so... Um, I have a wife over there. I have a ten-year-old daughter. My ten-year-old daughter is five foot two, and uh, <laughs> my son's seven years old, Simeon. He's a funny little guy. We love him, and uh, we're happy to be here. We appreciate this church. Amen. I'm I'm a big fan of um, post-prophet message history from 65 onwards. I really love um, knowing about that and studying that. My father-in-law came into Bible Way House in the early 70s, so he shared a lot with me, and then know Brother Harold has labored much, and the church obviously is a part of that labor, so I appreciate that very much. And so hopefully we can speak something today to help you. I'm not, I'm not a super deep person, and uh, I don't have a great deliverance ministry or something like that. I'm just a very simple person. If you're there on Friday or if you heard me before, I'm just very, very simple, and I'm a little bit unorthodox, so, um, but I'm only here today. LAUGHTER <laughs> So if it's really strange, don't worry, t- tomorrow I'm going home. So it's, it's just once, and I hope I can say something to help you. That, that's my desire. That's, amen. It's like not just the English, but something in your heart can help you in your life, and uh, that would be wonderful. So maybe if we can turn to our Bibles, if you don't mind. Psalms chapter 90. And we... Um, we rent a building actually in Victoria, but they've closed it down because of COVID. So we've had to meet in a park a few times for church. And uh, so some of them text me. They're streaming right now. So God bless you to those in Victoria. There's about 25 of us there. It's a very small uh, group. A lot of them are from Africa, but we really appreciate them. It's wonderful to be able to have a community of believers. They can pray together, share your burdens together. It doesn't mean it's easy, <laughs> but it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> so Psalms chapter 90 If you don't mind, how about we just read the whole thing? Is that that okay with you? My Bible says this is a psalm of Moses. So, Lord thou, from verse 1, Lord thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction, and sayest return, ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight, are but as yesterday when it is past. And as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as asleep in the morning, they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath we are troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. This next verse I'm really stressing we spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein Thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let Thy work appear unto Thy servants, and the glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish Thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish Thou it. God bless you. Let's have a word of prayer, if you don't mind. Precious Lord Jesus, we love You. Father, it's a great privilege to be able to gather together. Lord... May you just do a work in our midst, Lord. Let, let gracious words come forth, Lord, not just from my lips, but by your spirit, Lord, in, into our hearts, Lord, something gracious, and Lord, may we be able to ponder these things as we, as we hear them, Lord, and may they change our lives, Lord, make us more like you, Father, not just like we think we should be, but make us more like you, Lord. Quicken us, we pray. We thank you, Lord. Heal the sick, Lord. Any of those who are downcast, may you lift them up, Father. We commit ourselves to you this day, this service, in Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. Alrighty. So I'm going to start a little bit slow here, and I'm not very long, so. But um, does anybody here like to read? Well, a lot of hands are up with their hands like this, so people around you can't see. Amen. I like to read also. I'm a fan of you know those those things you see those take a book, leave a books on the side of the road. Have you seen those before? I always pull over and look at those just to see what the community around there is reading. And mostly it um, seems like cheap fiction. Uh, romance novels and um, ghost, Michael Crichton ghostwriters <laughs> and so forth, right? So a lot of people seem to be reading uh, what I would call a bit of a more shallow things. And even today, I, I wonder if there's less readers. This will make sense in a moment. There's less readers today. There's more audio, more visual, more people are doing video games and things like that. But there's such an importance of reading, there's such an importance for our children to read. You know, I work in the school district as a gardener, um, but you go in the lunchroom and you see posters on the wall about the importance of reading for a child, and so many minutes a day will increase their cognitive ability, their memory, their problem-solving, their comprehension, and all these different kinds of things. So it's important to be a good reader. Amen? And if you're uh, familiar with reading, maybe you've heard the expression before, lost the plot. That's my title. To lose the plot. Amen? That's my title today. Moses says here, we spend our years as a tale that is told. There's a story unfolding, and we can lose the plot. Okay, so that's where we're going to go today. And uh, I think it's a very, very critical subject. And um, yeah, so I'm not necessarily going to be speaking of plot, the definition, but it's more of an expression. To lose the plot is to become confused. You don't understand what's going on, and you may not know how to act. So you've lost the plot. You don't know what's going on. You're confused. You don't know how to act. You begin to act in a, a wrong way, okay? So, you know, a plot, they could say, it's a, a plot is a series of interconnected events within a story, you know, intro, rising action, climax, falling action, resolution. I'm not going to go into that. In the story, you have characters, you have theme, you have conflict, you have point of view, you have setting. There's so many aspects to a well-written story, layers upon layers upon layers of depth. But you have to be a good reader, and so then you have to pause and say, okay, what what does that mean? Amen. Let me get the old dictionary out. Hallelujah! Amen. I have an old big brown Webster's dictionary. Cause I heard Brother Bram say, you know, I went to my Webster's dictionary, so I went and bought as old a one as I could find, cause so I wanted to have one like his. <laughs> Right, So there's an importance of being a good reader, scholastically, but spiritually also. Amen? Amen? And so that's where we're going to go today. And so the world has obviously lost the plot. Because God has a story. God is the author and finisher of our faith. Okay, And the world has lost the plot. But we just as easily can lose the plot also. All right, So I'm going to pick on the world a little bit. But I don't want to major on that. To, to, to criticize the world or even to criticize denominations is what I call low-hanging fruit. It's easy. Yeah. It, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you don't pick that fruit. You still pick the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. We need to be aware of where the world is falling short or where denominations, but us too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Sometimes I think we need to be aware that uh, <laughs> we need to be picked on also. Yeah. We can lose the plot just as easy. Right. We can become confused just as easy. There's a verse I like in Ezra 9, verse 7, and it says, you know, unto us belongs confusion of faces, because of the way they had conducted themselves. But then he says, but a little space of grace, grace hath been showed to us. Hallelujah. And so in this world, so many people are confused, and not only are they confused, they're being lifted up as idols. They're being lifted up as the heroes. They're being lifted up as the champions. And I don't want to get too much into that, but people, they don't even know what gender they are, but they're amazing. Right? They're so confused about the simplest matters of life. And it doesn't just get like that overnight. It's a slow, purposeful erosion. It's a slow, purposeful chipping away. Okay, I mean, some of you, I'm only 37, I'm not that old, but this Canada is not the Canada you knew in the 50s. The Canada you knew in the 60s. And I'm not here to talk about politics or COVID. Some stuff may slip out. But it's an act of protest nowadays to even have a Canadian flag up. Right? It's amazing how this world has changed. How we, people don't say the Lord's Prayer in school anymore and things like that. It's an erosion. It's a complete losing of the plot. And as believers, we need to be aware that it can happen to us just as easily. And we need to recognize, okay, how did this happen? And how do we get back on track? Because okay, we don't want to see just the problem, but what's the solution? All right? it's, it's more easy to recognize a problem, but what do you do? All right? We don't want to just be fault finders, we want to be solution comer uppers, whatever that means. Amen? And so let's have solutions also. So he, Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. He is not the author of confusion, 1 Corinthians 14 says. So it's important for you and I to recognize, okay, there is an author. We need to choose our source of information very wisely, Who's, who is the author we're choosing? Who is the interpreters that we're choosing in this story? Okay? Because you, tr- you control the masses by stories. Right? This is an old trick of not just Nazi Germany, but of Satan. Right? The Bible says in Isaiah 14, Lucifer said, I will ascend. So he began to tell a different story. In the book of Revelations chapter 12, it says, with the dragon's tail, he grabbed a third of the angel's. And Brother Ram says that was a tale that was told. It wasn't necessarily a tale of a dragon. So it's by a story. Right? Right? The masses are controlled by a... It's the easiest way to control people is by a story. It's by brainwashing (laughs) on the negative side. Okay? That's why media, social media, all these things, they're constantly using buzzwords, trigger words, catchphrases. And then you start repeating them, and then you start marching in line to their story. Okay, so it's very important that we recognize there is a story, there is, and there's a, there's a story being told, and we want to be walking correctly according to the true author, amen, under the right interpretation. Okay, so we want to recognize that, and then we have to engage with him and engage in the story correctly as a co-worker with Christ Jesus. Okay, if you, if you ever read a book before, and you, then all of a sudden you don't, You stop engaging with it, you'll lose the plot. What happened last again? You know, who were the main characters? Who's so-and-so again? So we need to be constantly engaging with the right story. Soberly, sincerely, sacredly. This world is losing the sacred. Amen? So let us not lose that also. Oh my. So every day there's a story being told. Even today. You told, you woke up, you said, I live in Edmonton, my name is so-and-so, I go to church. I need to watch out for potholes on the highway. And you're here, <laughs> right? You didn't wake up and say, no, am I a, you know, am I a monkey, right? You, you believed a certain story that you believed yesterday, and it's continuing on now, okay? Are you with me? <laughs> oh, my. So, it's very, it's very, very simple today. So, we can say, okay, the world's controlled by a story. What author are we choosing to believe? The Lord Jesus or the devil and his other little subscribes? And are we engaging with him and with the story correctly? So how, then it goes, how can I make that practical to you? Right? More and more, in my, more, and more in my heart is, Lord, let me make this more practical. When we, when we walk away from service, it's not hard to recall what was said. Uh, Jesus was very practical. When he, was around certain, when he was around fishermen, probably fishermen parables. Farmers, probably farmer parables. Tax collectors, maybe accounting parables. Right? So, so I want to make this a little practical today. So I, I drink a lot of water. I get so nervous. You know, driving to church, just just sweating. It shows you take it seriously, right? I don't want to waste your time. And so there's a quote Brother Benham says, he says, "Now, first, we want to speak on God and His universe, God and His Word, God and His Son, God here in His people." Yeah. So that's the framework I'm going to use to show how we've lost the plot in all those things: God in His universe, God in His Word, God in His Son, and God here in His people. And now, when Brother Brenham says God in His universe, I'm, just, I'm going to say God in nature because he's, He interchanges them a little bit. And when you think universe, you're thinking space, but the Earth is in space also. Right? So it's it's nature. So I'm going to use that if you don't mind. Thank you. (laughs) So right away, just think of that, okay? We're going to, very simple, we're going to go through that. Just like on Friday, when we did the breadth and the height and the depth and the length, I want you to be able to remember. So let's start with God and his universe. Right away, the world has lost the plot on this, right? Even just, you just say God. They're like, ooh, I have trouble with the G word. Right away, have they lost that. Right? The simple concept of God and in His. Oh, that's patriarchal. <laughs> you know? That's, to, that's toxic masculinity to think that God is His, not a her, or not a it, or whatever. The world has lost this so completely. God in His nature. They've lost the concept that God is a creator. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Come, and if you lose this, it begins to domino everything else. We underestimate the effect in the 19, sorry the 1800s of Darwinism. If you study the effect of that in the battle with the church, it's fascinating if you're into church history. But that, that's completely spilled into all our educations, and from a young age, they're brainwashing us to believe that. I, I was raised in the world. I wasn't raised a Christian, but I remember, you know, in grade nine, there's my science teacher telling me that, you know, the Big Bang Theory and things like that. And I thought, this is strange. You know, how, but how did it begin? Well, where'd the initial bang? How? Who did that? And the teacher, the teacher wanted nothing to do with that. Well, you know, it says in the textbook there, and it's it, nice graphics, you know, looks nice, professional. It's a lie. <laughs> right? It's simple. It's a lie. But, but in, as, as, this is wrong, but because I was so selfish in my, I was all about basketball, so whatever, I don't, I don't understand that, but it doesn't affect me playing basketball. People dismiss the great questions because they have their own selfish pursuits, yeah. right? So they dismiss the great questions, maybe until they're on their deathbed, but it will come back around to them. But I dismissed it. and I remember it came up again in Biology 11. All of a sudden they're teaching about evolution, and I said, wait, 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 no way, right? In the textbook, a dog came from a dolphin and all, I said, this is not how it is. So. I was disrupting the whole class, and I said, come on, somebody, somebody tell me. Like, and they said, well, what do you believe, Kyle? I said, I have no idea, because we take for granted what we know in church. I had never heard in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I had never heard in my life Genesis 1-1, and I'm serious. I'd never been to church in my life, completely ignorant. Yeah. I said, I don't know. What do you guys believe? And everyone was just silent, and there were some Christians in that class, Just silent. Oh my, the world has lost the plot. Right? The world has completely lost the plot on creation and a creator. Oh my, but not believers, right? <laughs> now, as I'm going to get into here, we can believe it, but then engage, engage with it. Okay? So one thing to believe it, nothing to engage with it. All right. <laughs> so it's important for us to not lose the plot on this. I mean, how much did the prophet love nature? You that that's, that's my first Bible, you know? I saw God in nature. Oh, my. So the world has lost the plot. They don't believe that the animals are made of God. You know, you just say, you know, I'm a son of God. Like, what? <laughs> You're a homo sapien, right? You're descended descendant of the Cro-Magnon man and all this kind of weird stuff. So rather than, all of a sudden, rather than engaging with God and his universe, they're teaching people to engage with matter in mutation, What a purposeless life is that? It's just a random sequence of mutations from one thing to the next. Ending up in people kind. (laughs) Sorry, (coughs) a little joke there. (laughs) But we are reaching a critical mass of confusion. Mystery Babylon. It's confusion. And everyone is drinking the wine of her wrath. Right, but as believers, we need to make sure that we're not, and we can say, Brother Kyle, this is obvious. Like, of course, we believe this, but how much do we engage with it? And this is a bit of a sidestep for a moment. But how much do you engage with nature? Right? We're so like even right now, we're in a building, then we're in a car, then we're in a store, and then we're in our house, and we thank God for those things, but we're so little in nature. You look at the the prophets, like John the Baptist. I mean, a guy like me, I I just love it. Camel fur, wild locusts and honey, wild locusts, not market-sold locusts, (laughs) right? And that kind of lifestyle produces a certain kind of life, right? And we can't live vicariously through the prophet either, right? So a certain kind of lifestyle produces a certain kind of life. And it's important for you and I to engage with nature, and you don't have to go out somewhere majestic all the time. It can be somewhere just really simple. There's a path behind my house and uh, I walked down there and I just sat by this little uh, bridge and I was just watching the trees because I knew some owls lived there. So and it, this, this is nothing fancy. You won't find no tourism magazines pointing you to this bridge. But it, it's beautiful. And it's all around us. And it's free. <laughs> right? And I was just sitting there. No, when you're... Oh, I'll get there in a minute. But I was just sitting there and all of a sudden, whoosh, here comes this owl and lands on a branch and uh, he begins to... On the, on the tree, this big maple tree, was a rat. <laughs> Sorry, I know. some. I say rat and people will... Uh, but I just watched for about 20 minutes this owl chasing the rat on the tree. And it was breathtaking. Like, there's so much uh, drama that's taking place in nature that we miss. Right? And, oh, I don't want to just appreciate it on a photo and I, I don't want to appreciate it just on uh, some nice quote, but to get out in it and to engage. It's so healthy for us. Amen? Like, when you're out in nature, you'll either, and and you can quiet yourself, you can turn off your phone, you're either going to hear, Adam, Adam, where are you? Or don't you want to walk with me? That's what you're going to hear when you're out there. A lot of people are terrified of their own brain. They're terrified of being by themselves. They can't handle being by themselves. Because they're going to hear, where are you? (laughs) Or if you have mature character, don't you want to walk with me? Hallelujah. Oh my, to have a posture and to have a character that God loves to come around. That's the kind of life I want to have. Amen. Amen. To have a posture and a life where he just loves to fellowship. Oh my. (laughs) I love to fellowship with the Lord Jesus. Beyond feeling. We need to mature to be beyond dependent upon feelings. Amen? Oh, he loves that. It's wonderful to engage with little kids, and that's great, and with your own kids. But there's something when the kid becomes more of a peer. Right? The Bible says he's not ashamed to call them brethren. (laughs) Hallelujah! The Lord Jesus is so humble. Yes, he's God, but he wants to come aside and be brethren. He wants fellowship. There's one thing he prayed for. What was that, Brother Bram said? Fellowship. Two guys in a ship. (laughs) <laughs> a small one, not two people in a ferry boat. You know, I think Jesus is on the top deck and you're in the bottom deck. A small boat, Brother Brandon's referring to. He's longing for fellowship. Yeah. Amen. And I'm so glad for the testimonies of other people and their experiences with God. It means a lot to me, or Brother Brandon's experiences, but what about my life? We cannot live a life just vicariously through the prophet. It's an example for us. Amen. Not that you and I will be prophets, right? We will be whatever God wants us to be—fingernail, <laughs> whatever part of the part of the body we are. So it's important for us to engage with nature. It's a bit of a side topic, but it's important. Amen. Brother Bram says in um, Message of Grace talks about how God, God, you're in the wind, but we so little realize it's you. You're in the hymns, you're in this, you're in the wind, and we so little realize that it's you. Why? Because we're insensitive, we're busy, we're stressed about mortgages and jobs and all these things. We need to have quiet time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lord, give us a heart to make more opportunity for quiet time. You'll be a healthier individual, you'll have a healthier family, you'll have a healthier church. Hallelujah. Another side topic there too, it's interesting how we need to be aware of what our children are learning in schools. And to have a relationship with them. Like Brother Bram talks about how his daughter Rebecca picked her up from school. And she says, Daddy, we prove the Bible is wrong because the rocks are so many million years old. Right? Isn't spoken word is the original seed. But I love that. He's having that conversation with his daughter. Right? <laughs> That's so wonderful. The other, the other month, a couple weeks ago, we had coffee, one-on-one coffee meetings with our kids. So I had a one-on-one coffee with my son. And then with my daughter and my wife I had a one-on-one coffee meetings with them. And my son said, there's only, there's only three things to talk about. What is it, Christina? Lego, and money, and something else. Sorry, he's embarrassed. But he's such a, there's such amazing thinkers, amen? Oh my, I believe we should spend time with our children. Uh, engage with them, amen? But then Brother Ram explained, right? And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. However long that was doesn't matter, amen? So let us not shy away from, from those kind of conversations, with our children, and with young people, and with others, right? We need to be okay with questions. Brother Bram preached a whole bunch of series called Questions and Answers. Is that true? We call them Conduct Order Doctrine. He didn't. He called them Questions and Answers. <laughs> oh Lord, and sometimes we, we don't have answers, we have mystery still. And that's fine. We don't know everything. It's okay to live with some, it's okay to live with some mystery. If you're honest, nobody knows everything. About about the Bible, about the message, about life. Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. Right? You you have a guess, maybe. (laughs) I'm going to go to work. Maybe. Right? So sometimes we live with a bit of mystery. But, all right. That was a a big, big sidestep there. But we don't want to lose the plot that God is in in nature. Amen? I mean, how many times, I'll, I'll move on from this in a moment, but how many times has God spoke to you in nature? I was telling Brother Ed, um, there's a man named Dave Cherburnov. Some of you know him, some of you don't. But I lived with him for a few years when I first came to the message. And he he was single and I was single. He talked about how when he was searching for, he was just rambling around. He was on Vancouver Island, I think he was in Tofino. And all of a sudden he's overlooking the ocean. And he just screamed out, oh God, this must be your creation. And he's like, where did that come from? Right? Oh my. But there's something that just, just came over him just from being out in nature. Don't leave nature just to the hipsters and the hippy-dippy people and so forth. Hallelujah. Get out in there. Not just hiking, not just quadding, not just hunting, but just get out there and be there. Hallelujah. Okay. Learn to confront your fears. There's not a bear on every corner ready to eat you. Right? We, we're so, we have so much fear about everything. Yeah, right. Hallelujah. Brother says the inside is dominated by fear or by faith. And the avenue there is what? Free moral agency. So we need to have our free moral agency more working with being dominated by faith. Hallelujah. There's not a bear around every corner to get you. (laughs) It's probably a squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. But we don't want to just be coffee shop casual Christians. We want that ruggedness. Right? That ruggedness. Yeah. Hallelujah. There's a, there's a quote I heard somewhere. I was reading it, not in the message, just in a book. I can't remember what, but it talked about how the indigenous people, I can't remember it, you probably can't find it. It might not even be real. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it said the indigenous people could tell the character of the European white man by how they walked in the bush. I just love that, if it's real. but <laughs> right? You watch people, they just tromp through nature eating an O'Henry bar. They're missing it. Right? How do animals walk in nature? Slow, usually? Looking around? Right? Because they know they're in the plot of their either predator or prey. They knew who they are. They haven't lost the plot. Right? But how do we engage with it? What's our character like? All right. Is that enough for that one? God in his nature. Amen. It's more simple. But the next one God in his word. Hallelujah. God in nature. God in his word. The world has lost the plot in this. Amen. It's obvious, right? I mean, the, what, do the, what does the world typically think of the Bible nowadays? I mean, you're a little bit maybe in a bit more conservative area, but not really. <laughs> it's pretty liberal here. And uh, at the most, the world might say that um, the Bible has some good things in it or something like that, but usually they attack it as being unscientific, myth, hate literature a tool of the empire, and so forth. They attack the Bible all the time. But I love it. (laughs) Hallelujah. And it's important for us not to lose the plot uh, with with God being in his word. Amen? As I said before, people used to say the Lord's Prayer in school. Right? It's heavily shaped Western civilization. There's much you can't really understand about history if you don't understand the, the Bible. Everything becomes richer if you have some Bible knowledge. Is that true? Okay, I was in English English literature in grade 12. And, you know, to understand classic literature, you need to know the Bible. Shakespeare knew the Bible. All these great men, they knew the Word of God. And I remember we read that William Blake poem, Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forest of the night. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? Familiar to anybody? Anybody? No? William Blake. Tiger, tiger. Then it goes on. When the stars, later on. When the stars threw down their spears and watered heaven with their tears, did he smile his work to see? Did he who made the lamb make thee? So it's, 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 it's full of Bible types. Who made the tiger? Did he also make the lamb? Speaking of like evil and the devil and Jesus Christ. But I remember reading that in grade 12. Ignorant of the Bible, so was my teacher. So you miss these things. You, 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 and oh, We miss so much in life if we do not have an understanding of the word of God. Yeah. Satan is not original. He's a perverter. So even he has to borrow from the word of God. Yeah. And the more you're familiar with it and its patterns and its symbols, you'll see them through everywhere. Yeah. You'll see, God, you see a cross. You know what that means, right? The devil has symbols also. And you'll see them everywhere in political parties, in Hollywood. You'll see all 666 and all these kind of things. But you need to have some understanding in the Word of God. Which is why the devil wants to take it from us. Rob us of it. For it to become so familiar in our households, it becomes unfamiliar. Right? I, I, I don't want to show of hands, but there's many in the message who have never read the entire Bible. Who have never read the entire New Testament. Who have never read the Church Age book. <laughs> right? It's, it's, and it, it's, it's, God, what's going on here? We're lacking Engagement. It's one thing to believe it, but another thing to engage with it, right? I don't want to just believe the Word of God and never, I don't want to just believe it from kiver to kiver and not know what's in there. But how do you do that? You spend time in it. Amen. You sacrifice other things and you get in the Word of God. Amen. You do what you got to do, amen? I, oh, I remember when I was going to trade school to, you uh, know, I did trade school for horticulture, And at that time, I was engaged with helping with Message Hub and projects like that. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I'd rather be a good Christian and a bad landscaper than a good landscaper and a bad Christian. Right? I had to spend time in the Word of God. Amen? And there was a calling upon my life also. I wish I was a better gardener than I am. But I praise God for for what skills he has given me. But we have massively lost the plot in the Word of God. The world, especially. But let that not trickle down into influence us us also. Right? And it's not about, oh man, I need to read the entire book of Matthew today. Just start with a few verses. I remember when someone, when I was 21 and a guy gave me a Bible. You know, uh, sidestep here. We criticize denominations a lot, but God still uses them. I came through, I, I, I walked into a church that every Thursday gave my high school juice and donuts and hot dogs. (laughs) <laughs> every Thursday our high school would walk there and they'd give us that. So all of a sudden I had questions about God when I was 21. Where did I go? The juice and the hot dog and the donut church. I just walked in there and I said, is there somebody I can talk to about God? They're like, oh yeah, uh, sure. There's a youth minister over here. So I went in there and he gave me one of his Bibles. Right? <laughs> he wasn't the message guy. Right? We limit who we think God uses. <laughs> and it hinders us. God can use anybody. Yeah. He's God. Yeah. Ever read the story of Balaam with a talking donkey? Yeah. He uses anybody. Amen. Right? We limit God by our dogmatic theology that you can't even find in the word. You can't find the message. <laughs> but he gave it to me. He said, start in the book of Matthew. And I remember I was reading it and I got to Matthew 6. You know, don't worry about tomorrow, but sufficient unto day is the evil thereof. Right? All these things shall be provided for you. I just leaned back and said, that's how it should be. Yeah. Right? Just, just engage with those few verses. Let them assimilate into my life. Assimilate into my heart. Be part of the fiber of my life. Amen? But it takes time to believe and to engage with it also. Hallelujah. I mean, there's many things. The Bible is a very unique book. Amen? But Abraham says it's God in letter form. And there's a couple quotes here I just want to read about the absolute the message or the bible once what he says here this is a long quote he is the principal theme of the bible he was in the prophets he was in the psalms he was in the history of the bible the bible is a prophetic book it's a historical book it's a book of love it's a book of songs it's a book of life <laughs> oh my in there you find christ he was in the prophets he was in the psalms he was in history he also is the things to come he was before until after. What do, this is from Christ, the mystery God revealed. What does that make him? The same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you inject something in there that doesn't make him the same, Brother Vale, where do you got? You got an awful picture there. He was the history. He is the prophet. He is the Psalms. He is everything. And if you can't make him everything and the same, where's your picture look like? You lose the story. You have the man on top of the tree fishing. Uh, the cow on top of the tree. You have the man in the desert fishing. You get the wrong story. If you don't make, let him be the same yesterday, today, and forever, Amen. I'll jump ahead. Then if he is that, he should be the principal theme. Amen. Theme. Amen. <laughs> the, main, the main thing. Amen. The principal theme of our talking, of our thinking, of our singing. Amen. And the next one, of our walks. <laughs> Hallelujah. The principal theme of our walks. Amen. Oh, my. It's good to get a certain amount of steps per day. But the main theme is him. <laughs> he should be the principal theme of our life. If he's the principal theme of the Bible, and the Bible is in us, then he should be the principal theme of everything that we do, say, or think should be Christ. Is that right? <laughs> Hallelujah. So the Bible, it's, it's, um, it's so unique. And we need to spend time in it to engage with it. Right? It, it, it'll, it'll do so much for you give you such depth to your character. A lot of times people will say, you know, we want a book of Acts church. We want a book of Acts church. Have you heard that before, Brother Ed? A book of Acts church. We want a book of Acts church. (laughs) And in their mind, what is it? Miracles. they want to see supernatural. But read the book of Acts and engage with it. Is it just miracles and supernatural? (laughs) Or is it people being stoned? People being thrown in prison? Right? The contention was so sharp between Paul and Barnabas. That's the book of Acts. The contention was, it's not the love was so deep, it was the contention was so sharp. So we want a book of Acts church. Maybe you're in it, but you don't realize it because you're not engaging with it enough. Right? And the book of Acts is written over years. Chapter one's not Monday, chapter two's not Tuesday, chapter three's not Wednesday. It's years. Right? Oh, my. But we we don't see those things if we're not engaging with it. The little nuances. Like I used to be so into basketball. And the more you're in it, the more you see certain things. The little turns of the foot, the little twists of the hand. You see those things. Because you're in it so much. But if you're in the Word of God, you see these little twists and turns. Those little nuances. And wow, look at this. Look at that. It's so wonderful. (laughs) Hallelujah. But we need to spend time with it. And we need to engage it and so forth. Hallelujah. The message opens it up. Over eight eight times, Brother Bram says, back to the Bible. Hallelujah. And so I think it's important for us. How do you get deeper in the the love of God? Read the word and pray. And in that quote, he's referring to the Bible. There was no message books to read at that time. Read the word and pray. Deeper in the love of God. Read the word and pray. (laughs) Oh, my. But we hear those things, but we maybe believe that. But it's time to engage with them. Amen. David Iverson, one time he said in Seattle, he said, the Bible's not just a dusty old book. I just love that. It's, it's simple, but it just sunk in my heart. And he was going through about how the, the miracles that David did, so did his, his mighty men did very similar things. And, he was just going, and it, was just, it just so warmed my heart and touched my, my life, you know? So we want to make sure that we're in, engaging with the Word of God. Just because the world's losing the plot... Let's not lose the plot. Amen? Spend time in the word. Spend time in the message. And it's important. You're a big group. There's lots of social things you can be doing. But you need to spend time with God. Right? That's, that's so important and so neglected. The, this, the, the social robs us sometimes. I said one time at youth meeting in Bible I said I said, nothing good happens at Tim Hortons past 10 p.m., Go home. <laughs> I got a big ha- hand from the deacon in the back. <laughs> right? You got a sense, okay, is this, is, is this edifying? It's time to go home and get some sleep. Early to bed, early to rise, makes one healthy, wealthy, and wise. <laughs> All those old proverbs and so forth, right? So we need to sacrifice. And you, might not, you may not have a calling in your life to be minister. Most, most don't. But you need to have, you, need, you want to be versed in the Word of God. You want to have knowledge of the message of the hour. Amen? Amen. Amen. Then you can engage in the plot that God has more correctly. You can be a more useful character. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. And you've got, to, you've got to stay humble too. So many things that God asks you to do, nobody will see. Everybody wants to do something for God and then give a PowerPoint, you know? I went to the grocery store and I was witnessing to somebody and there they are, you know? So many things we do for God, nobody will see. And we have to be okay with that. And we don't even have to tell everybody about them. <laughs> I've never seen someone do that before, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Brother Ram says, a lot of most miracles happen away from the pulpit. In the private meetings and so forth. Right? So... We don't want to be those who are, are just Christians in church. Yeah. Then you're just a churchin, yeah. right. right? And a lot are. They're church-ins. They can sing specials. and they, they, I'm sorry, but they, they just know how to sing the special and cry. But afterwards, there's no, you don't sense a lot of fiber. Right. Yeah. You don't hear anything about Jesus. Or I was praying and God spoke to me this. They might have a beautiful voice. But I, I like character. Amen. Amen? Better to have character and a horrible voice than a beautiful voice and no character. I'm amazed how many times we, we push people who can sing well, but they have no, no character. What are we doing? You know, I, I'd rather just have someone just love the Lord. God bless you, this song was on my heart. You know, twang, you know they can't sing, but Atmosphere. Not just psychological atmosphere of a voice hitting the notes and so smooth and so well-trained. Life! <laughs> I want to see life and life more abundantly. Amen? That's what I want. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not here very much. But I'm not worried about so much about all the orchestration and so forth. The you know, song leader at the right time and piano people at the right time. Sometimes things go a bit sideways. And that's Okay. Sometimes people die at the front of the platform and just stay calm. Let's pray for them. Brother Way came back from the dead. Hallelujah. Sometimes things are strange. Sometimes people fall from the roof and die. In the book of Acts. Right? And you pray for them. Right? Things are more strange than we let them be. We're we are you're a multicultural church. But we're too western sometimes. Like we're too british. We think we think Jesus was British. He wasn't, <laughs> Amen. The Bible is a Middle Eastern book. Hallelujah. And sometimes we try and force everybody that what the Western way is the right way. The Western way is great. It's fine. But there's more to it than that, Amen. And I don't want to just be dead set Canadian. Though I'm thankful for it. But Lord, use my nature. Use my background. Use my history. Don't me, let me be paralyzed by my, my uh, birth nature and my, the, the raising of uh, how I was raised and so forth. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's not lose God and His Word. Let's not lose the plot on that. And don't be overwhelmed. So many people have they've started to read it and failed. The first five pages of the Church Age book are probably the most well read in the message. <laughs> right? It's a sacrifice. And it takes, it, it takes some learning to get in the zone. Right? Like, I, I, I said to Brother Ed or whoever, but you know those people who ride bikes down the road with thin, thin tires? It looks horrible to me. <laughs> but if you do it, that's fine, whatever. But there's something about that or jogging where all of a sudden you get into the zone. And you're not even, you're not even looking at people laughing at you. You're just in the zone. And there's something about getting into the zone of the word. At first, maybe you're, you're trying to find a comfortable seat and your water falls and things are awkward, but then you get in the zone. And God talks and you listen. And you fellowship. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're, you're right, Lord. I was wrong about that. My attitude about this is horrible. Thank you, Lord, for coming to me. Hallelujah. We justify our behavior by comparing ourselves to others. <laughs> I want to justify myself based upon his interaction with me. Hallelujah. Don't let me set my standard by my peers around me. Lord, let me set my standard for my life based upon your individual pattern and design for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm not, don't, we don't just want to be clones and copycats and so forth. So there's a little bit of, a little bit of side, side moving to that. But don't lose God in His Word. Amen? Spend time with it. Engage in it and so forth. Because if you lose God in nature, God in His Word you're not going to be operating in the plot of God that well. Right? <laughs> oh my. The, champion, the people they lift up as champions today, the Richard Dawkins, the Sam Harrises and so forth, people who have completely lost the plot, but they're being lifted up as heroes. Amen? And those who find themselves well-versed in the plot, it could get harder for us. Right? Watch hate speech laws come in more and more and things like that. We don't know how hard it's going to get. Lord, give us wisdom. We don't know how tight Romanism is going to get. In Victoria right now, we're meeting in a park. Right, like You might have to. You don't know. You don't know. That's why it's important to love the Lord. Have a relationship with Him. Uh, Amen. Lord, navigate my life with me, Lord Jesus. Don't let me be Kyle, Kyle, where are thou? Let me be. Walk with me. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. All right. We're going to move on here. God in his son. God in nature, God in his word, God in his son. Can you see how the world lost the plot on these? Okay. I'm just using that quote over the random quotes as a framework. At the best, the, the world will probably say that Jesus was a historical person. At the best, maybe, right? Or they'll say maybe he had some good, good points. Some of his teachings were pretty interesting. But will they say that he was the Messiah? Virgin born? Performed miracles? Resurrected from the dead? Probably not. The world probably won't give you that. And liberal churches don't believe that either. Liberal churches don't want to sing about the blood. They don't believe in the virgin birth. They don't. Right? Right? So there's a slow erosion, a losing of the plot that we want to make sure that we don't lose also concerning his son, Jesus Christ. Peter says he hath made the same Jesus both Lord and Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I just have some quotes here. I'm going to go through in a minute. But the world has lost the plot in the Lord Jesus. And it's important for you and I not to lose a plot about him. Again, for him not to become so familiar, he becomes unfamiliar. You know, for God to love the world, he gave his only begotten son, and who should believe with him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's just so common, right? But engagement, depth, appreciation, sacredness, right? We can lose it. Or maybe he, he makes it into our songs, but help it into my heart, and into my mind, and into my life. Hallelujah. He is the principal theme. (laughs) Hallelujah. And it's important for us to recognize him as the main character. He's the main protagonist. All those Old Testament ones, they reveal something about him. Amen? The main character of the Bible is not Shamgar. Right? We appreciate Shamgar, but he's not the main character. Right? We don't always talk about the ox goad and all these kind of things. Every once in a while we talk about it, but he's not the main character. Amen. It portrays something about Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And I think it's very important that we recognize that. And it's, it's, it's easy to slip in the message. where we don't recognize how important and how valuable he was. Okay, I'm reading a couple of scriptures to you, but I, f- I find, this is my point of view, my observation is we don't appreciate what he did for us on the cross enough. We don't understand it. And the next one's God and His people, and I'll, I'll connect these two. But we do not value the cross enough. We don't value the blood enough. The, the literal death of Jesus Christ, the literal death of God who came down, virgin born, raised among us, and died for us. We don't appreciate it enough. But there's nothing else that can purchase our salvation but that blood. Amen. Nothing. Amen. By grace are you saved through faith, Amen. and not of yourselves, Amen. not of works, lest any man should boast. He paid the price. Yeah. Hallelujah. And we forget that. The devil is very, very good at trying to get us to forget the main parts of the story. Right? It says here in Ephesians 1.7, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. In whom? Jesus. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. That's Ephesians 1.7. Ephesians 2, 13 says, I'll, I'll go to verse 12. That at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. There's no other way for you to be, to be made nigh but by the blood of Christ. Amen. You and I were Gentiles, clubs on our back as it were but he broke down the middle wall of partition between the Jews and the Gentiles. Hallelujah! Through his blood. Nothing else. Oh my, do we realize that? There's no one else, no other way for you to enter into that common commonwealth. Amen. Hallelujah! Amen. Uh, Romans 5, verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than now justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him hallelujah justified by his blood what's justified mean not guilty not guilty how by his blood he paid the price not you and I oh my I'm sorry red line blood (laughs) so many people struggle with condemnation we're going to connect these two because they don't understand how they're justified. They struggle with guilt their entire Christian life because they're looking at their works, not his work. (laughs) Hallelujah! That's so important. And I find in the message, we're losing that a little bit. We don't recognize the value of what he did for us. I'm so glad God sent a prophet, but Jesus Christ died for me, died for you. Nobody else. And the prophet so understood that. Hallelujah! Colossians 1, verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Hallelujah! How? By the blood of his cross. There's no other way! Hallelujah! There's no other way for you and I to receive the token, which is the Holy Ghost. Because he paid the price by his blood. You get the token of the Holy Ghost. It's simple. It's not complicated. You know, people struggle. Do I have the token or don't I have the token? (laughs) The message has the answer. It shows us. If you just listen to the token messages. What's critical for a believer to have? The token. You can can have your charts about the seven seals and that's wonderful. You can have your charts about the trumpets, your charts about the vials and all these kind of things and cause great fusses about what you think of these symbols. But do do they have a token? (laughs) What's the point? If we're not Christians, if we're not born again, we're just a bunch of knowledge. Right? It's wonderful to have knowledge of these things but not at the expense of being born again. And you're not born again if he didn't die for us. Hallelujah! Oh, I'm so glad for that. I don't think we appreciate it enough. It's such a burden. That's my point of view. I don't live here, but that's my point of view by my limited observation. I've traveled a little bit, Europe and the States and in China and so forth, but we we have such a storehouse of wealth of information in the message. We get overwhelmed sometimes. And we know we like this quote, and we like this quote, and we like this quote, but we don't understand how they come together. We become lost in the quotes, and the quotes are good, but we need to understand how they apply to my life, and what's the main thing? What is the thing if I miss? I'm gone. Right? I, I, I'm so glad, don't get me wrong, please, for the seven seals, all that kind of things, It's wonderful, hallelujah, but to be born again. Hallelujah. Oh, by the Lord Jesus. There's another verse in Hebrews 10, verse 14. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Amen. It says in the verse above, sorry. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting until his enemies made his footstool. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one offering. Do yes. we value it? That's why Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. This wine represents my blood. This bread represents my body. You're going to forget this. You're going to lose the plot. You're going to not realize how important this is, so keep doing this. <laughs> you don't need to do all the other Jewish laws and all these kind of things, but do this in remembrance of me. Don't forget your freedom from Gentilism. <laughs> right? your, your, your freedom and further revelation from Judaism comes through the cross. It comes through the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. It's so important for us to recognize the value on that. Amen? Amen. I think I have one token here, quote here. Sorry, I just screenshot on my phone some quotes as I'm traveling in a suitcase. (laughs) The token messages are my favorite, if, if you want to know. Those are my favorites. Said, so if anything was absolutely ordained of God outside of those seven seals, it's that token message. Brother Graham says. So I think it have it here somewhere. Oh, I don't have that one. I have a book here. We place our hands by faith upon Jesus Christ and are identified with Him in His death. Not only in his death, but if we are accepted, we are identified not only in his death, but in his resurrection. By the life that was in him is sent back upon the believer as a token, a a memorial that death has passed from it, and God has sealed you into the kingdom of God until the day of your redemption. Ephesians 4.30. Real, genuine gospel, as clean as I know it. (laughs) Hallelujah. We place our hands by faith upon his death. We're identified with that then he sends us the life that was in him back upon the believer as a token, a memorial that you've passed from life, from death unto life. Hallelujah. You know, when you, I came on the ferry boat here and you you pay money and they give you a ticket and that ticket's your token. There's a certain required price to get on the ferry boat. I can't trade them my sandwich. (laughs) Right? I can't say, you know, I'm going to go minister, I'm on the work of the Lord. Just let me on the ferry. There's a required price. And if, that, if that's met, they can't stop me. Unless I have a sniffles or a cough. Because <laughs> the COVID rules, right? But anyways. And they give you a token. That's it. Everybody who comes to the booth is not confused. Okay, how does this work? What do you want? You know, you know what do I got to do? Everybody knows. You pay money, you get a token, you get on the boat. <laughs> Jesus paid the price. You believe it. Gives you the gift of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You walk on with God. (laughs) It's not complicated. We overcomplicate it because we're looking for the super duper. Because we undervalue the cross, the blood, we overvalue other stuff to compensate. That's why people want to see action. Yeah, I want to see action, loudness, and you know, things happening and so forth. And yeah, come on, folks, come on, let's get in the spirit. We overemphasize other things because we underemphasize what He did for us at Calvary. Yeah. We need, to, oh my, we need to understand the importance of what He did for us. Yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. And I, I read very quickly there—one, two, three, four, five scriptures. But very quickly, I read you five scriptures about the blood and the cross. There's more. That's right. yeah. It's not an obscure doctrine. It's the gospel. Not everything's the gospel. The gospel is a certain message. Oh, my. Amen. There's many other things in the Bible that are relevant for our lives and how to live a Christian life. But as far as the death, burial, and resurrection, that's the gospel. Amen. And that's so important. And it's important for us. as Brother Branham says in Future Home, he says, I always find my messages by prayer. I'll be sitting in prayer and something reveals to me. And I wait on it a few minutes and see if it's right then I feel it closer. And then sometimes I keep waiting till it breaks into a vision. But when it begins to come, I'm satisfied it comes from God, I go to the scripture. <laughs> See? That ought to be the confirmation of every spiritual thing that's done. Because the Bible is a complete revelation of Jesus Christ. See? It's his body. That's such a powerful quote. Something begins to come. Seems like it comes from God. I go to the scripture. To check that should be the confirmation of every spiritual thing. A lot of people, they have these doctrines and these thoughts. You can't find it in the Bible. You can't even find it in the message. Maybe something that kind of sounds like it, but it's not clear. There's things that are clear in the Bible. There's things that are clear in the message. Time and time and time and time again. But because we don't value the main thing, we overemphasize other stuff. I'll ride this trail again or whatever. There's no clear explanation for those things. But we try and fill in the mystery with our own interpretation. Rather than relying on the interpretation of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. He sent a prophet for a purpose. So we're not completely scattered and tossed to and fro and not knowing what's going on. When John said, behold the Lamb of God, they didn't run to 12 different people. They went to Jesus. Because it was a clear message. It was a clear pointing. Right? A lot of people are going a whole bunch of different directions. Why? They're not understanding the message correctly. Oh, you've got to be in this church. You've got to be in this convention. You've got to be under this minister. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the main one. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the captain of our salvation. Amen. I'm not the captain. Brother Ed's not the captain. He's the captain. Amen. 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 And let's make sure we allow him to be He's so, he's, the Lord Jesus is very humble. There's a quote I think Brother Abraham says, if, you, if all you give him is second place, he'll take it. Give him third place, he'll take it. <laughs> he deserves first place, but he's so humble. <laughs> but Lord, let me allow you to be where you're supposed to be. <laughs> right? For my own good and because for his goodwill and pleasure. Hallelujah. There, there, was, there was no man worthy to open the book. I turned and I saw a lamb. Who does that represent? The Lord Jesus. (laughs) Oh my. Let's not lose the plot on the Lord Jesus. Where he becomes like a, just a historical figure. Right? Or like, he did his work, but we have the message now. It's It's not that. The value of this. Without that, there's no this. Without Christ, there's no seven church ages. Right? Without him, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Right? The theme of every apostle was, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? <laughs> and people say, well, your know, Brother Kyle, full obedience to the whole word of God entitles you to the token. That's a quote. It's n- but it's not a full quote. Hallelujah. Amen. Right? People use that to put such a heavy weight upon people. Full obedience to the whole word of God. You've got to obey the entire message or you won't have the token. That's a heavy burden. Yeah. Full obedience entirely to the whole word of God. But what says right after that, how do you do it? Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The token. Hallelujah. Obedience. Repent. Right. Amen. Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is nobody who's walking in full obedience to every single jot and tittle that God would desire. He's too perfect. <laughs> nobody! In every thought and deed, there is complete perfection, and God's like, there's no flaw. All of us are so flawed. Unless you like, have a very strange view of yourself that you're not flawed, which would be amazing. <laughs> We're all flawed. We've we got to stop trying to Photoshop our lives. Because we're nervous about being justified. i got to look good, talk good, think good. You know, what, never let an evil thought come into my mind. How does that work when the greatest battle ever fought is in your mind? That's right, right? Never let an evil thought come into the greatest battle? You can't stop it. Because right, yeah. the devil, you're fighting, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and darkness, and rulers, and wickedness in high places. Yeah. Hallelujah. But you stop them from building nests. Amen? Don't make it comfortable for the devil in your mind. Oh, this is just, I'm a loser and I'm no good. Just hang out around here, you know. Let the birds just live and keep telling me I'm a loser. Keep telling me I'm no good. And I I said one time, what happens when you have a nest? Eggs. More birds. More birds. So if you allow those certain things to nest in your mind, you'll get more. More crows or magpies or whatever. (laughs) Hallelujah. <laughs> oh my be vigilant. You are not a loser. <laughs> you are not no good. Yeah. Amen? The Lord loves you as you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's why He died for you. And He's not expecting perfection in the flesh. So many times we try and make the cucklebur into wheat. But your cucklebur nature. The Brother Brahma says the token. The earnest is a down payment. So we need to be we need to engage. Or, or we'll be confused, condemned, and so forth. Our bodies will be redeemed one day. But the Holy Ghost is a down payment. It's the earnest money. <laughs> but you still have bird to deal with. Which you need to b- try and bring it under subjection. And it's not always easy. Some of our bird natures are pretty wild. <laughs> Right? Lord, help us. Amen? Amen? Oh my. But the Lord Jesus, God in his son, let us not lose the value of that. Amen? I am not the main person. You're not the main person. Shamgar is not. Right? The fivefold ministry is not. The prophet's not. These are important characters, but they're not the main person. Amen? And that's not disrespectful to say that. We need, to, we need to bake the greenness out of us where we're okay to not create idolatry where it doesn't need to be or, or to overemphasize things that don't need to be overemphasized. But it takes a baking of the greenness of our lives. And sometimes we just get used to doing things a certain way and we think this is truly the best way of doing things. But maybe there's more. Maybe there is. Maybe we've gone through stages in the message. What stage are we at now? We're at the the post-criticism stage, the post-humble pie era and so forth. It's a unique stage. Like some of you who came in the 70s, this is my notes tonight, some of it. Some of you came in the 70s, it was different than it is now. It was, let's start printing and transcribing books. Let's start sending this around the world. Spoken words publication started after, right? Roy, Roy Borders started printing books and so forth. It was a different stage, right? It was, and we're at a different stage now. (laughs) <laughs> we need more of the greenness to be baked out of us. If we get to the last stage. You okay? A few more minutes? Yeah. Seems like you're doing okay? I think I'm, I'm like an hour right now. I don't like being long-winded. I think I've said a lot, but God in his people. Last one. God in nature. God in his word. God in his son. God in his people. And this is important. Not just God in his people general, or the group, but God in you, <laughs> right? We need to be able to differentiate between the group and the individual. Group is made up of individuals, but we don't want to be an individual hiding amongst the group. We become pitchfork experts, right? Christ in, Christ in you, the hope of glory, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we all want our champions, we want our Sauls or our Davids to go before us. What about us? Yeah. But Christ in me. Yeah. The blood's just as applicable for my life as yours. Yeah. As Brother Ed's. Yeah. Same Holy Ghost that I received. That, this is the one the token lays over your soul. Hallelujah. I like that yeah. one. <laughs> it's the same token for me as it is for him. My life's a bit different. Yeah. Brother Ram talks about from the human grab bag. Yeah. Right. We're, a bit di- we're all a bit different. And that's okay. We don't got to expect everybody to be exactly the same. We have to give people freedom to be different. And that's hard to do. And people, freedom to grow. When you first come into the message, I mean, you're just on fire, maybe. But you don't know everything. Just encourage them to grow. Don't tell them, now you got to do this, and you got to always wear black socks, and you got to do this, or whatever, whatever your rules are. Let people grow. Amen? And understand that you were made a certain way for a purpose. Your brother Brandon one time was shooting and he was mad because he couldn't hit the bullseye every time. And he said he went behind back and he was crying. And he says, God, why am I like this? He says, you were made thus for a purpose. Yeah. But his other friends were just, you know, yeah, you know, you missed by a foot. Wow, this is so great, right? They didn't care. They weren't made that way. And you're made thus for a purpose also. You're probably not made to be a global prophet. you're probably not. Would you agree? Maybe there's some here, I don't know. (laughs) Probably not. You're made to be an influence in Edmonton right now. Christ in me, in my high school. Right? Christ in me, as a gardener. Perfect? No. But relying on his perfection. (laughs) His perfection for my perfection. Hallelujah. Oh. Be therefore perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Through the blood. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's important that Christ be in us, not just the group. Amen? It's important for Christ to be in the bride. But even in every church, and I know this is offensive to some people, but there's three kinds of believers in every church. And you you treat everybody like a believer, but you you need to have wisdom also. You You know, I'm in the message, and you're in the message, and you know, let's... Have a business together. You need wisdom. Right? You need wisdom. And it's hard to have wisdom. It's hard to have boundaries. (laughs) Oh my, that's a difficult one. But we need to recognize that we are in a church as a group, but it's Christ in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And Christ doesn't, as I've already been saying in the last section, Christ does not come into me just by attending church. He doesn't come into me just by believing the message. Just by dressing right. Just by paying my tithes. Just by speaking in tongues. right? Brother program was in a Pentecostal age that was like cabbage down on speaking in tongues. But you can, be, you can speak in tongues and be a devil. <laughs> I'm so glad the message gave clarity on these things. But we have, we have Pentecostal message believers. We have Pentecostal Baptists. Or sorry, message Baptists. I believe, you know. I just only believe, brother. I believe. You know? Yeah, it's good to believe. Abraham believed God and was counted in him for righteousness. Amen. And then he got the seal of circumcision. Yes. <laughs> That's in the message. It teaches us these things. But our mind is so scattered with a pl- plethora of information. We don't know how to apply it. It's good to believe. But a circumcision of the heart is needed. Yes. So we have message Baptists. We have message Pentecostals. We have message Catholics. Always whipping themselves. Beating themselves up. Amen? Thinking that if I just go to the right church, I'll be saved. (laughs) Message Catholics. Message Pentecostals. Message Baptists. We have have all these things. We have message Seventh-day Adventists. You know, we shouldn't eat meat. We just, just, just vegetables and keep the Sabbath. You know, keep the Sabbath, right? We have all these varieties. (laughs) Depends where you come from. We just have message worldly people also. (laughs) Right? so we have that also so it's important for us to progress towards what Brother Bram says she's bone of my bone flesh of my flesh life of my life spirit of my spirit she is him that's a great powerful quote it makes it into songs it makes it into poems but me you right she is him you know maybe maybe in a good service when the music is just right yeah I'm I'm part of the bride you know, just by, by like mental gymnastics, pressing yourselves into being a bride member. Why? Yeah. A lack of value yes. on God dying for you, yes. and the token. Yeah. Yeah. If there's any message I ever preached that was absolutely ordained of God, it was that token message outside those seals. Bam says that, yeah. and we know that. We have that on PowerPoints, but we skate over things too much. Yeah. Yeah. Clench the nail. We need to clinch the nail. Young people need nails clinched. Not just tap, 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 tap. Bam, 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 bam. Get it in there. A bunch of loose wood. Amen. Clinch the nail. Hallelujah. Stay there. Clinch the nail. Hallelujah. Get that gopher wood coated with a tar. Hallelujah. And Then people struggle. Well, then Brother Kyle, how do I know whether I have the token or not? Listen to the interview with Sister Bruce. It's like eight minutes long before the masterpiece. You know, I always have mistakes. Brother Bram deals with mistakes and an experience to put my foot on. Right? Do you want to go there before we close? Brother Bram? I make so many mistakes and I fail so many times. It's a very serious question, right? That's why Christ had to die. (laughs) Oh my, I love it. I make so many mistakes and I fail so many times. Sister Bruce is you and me. That's why it's there. And there's a reason why it's a short message. God is hidden and revealed in simplicity. That's why. So let's go on there. So that you with your mistakes won't be lauded to you. See, he took your mistakes. The desire in your heart is to serve him. Sister Bruce, you say yes. All right, that's what he died for. So you could serve him. Not your mistakes are not looked to you. He is your propitiation. That's a good spot to stop. What is propitiation? <laughs> None of us use that word. You know, I was just having a day and you know, had my propitiation. No one uses that word. Right? It has to do with the mercy seat. Hallelujah. He is that atonement. So you stop there and you use your 1970s Webster's Dictionary. He is your sin offering. Your sins are not known. You're not a sinner before God. Christ took your sins and became you. <laughs> I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart. Oh, wow. So then next question. But I have never had an experience that I've been filled with the Holy Ghost that I could put my foot on. That's that's the um, that's the almost eternal youth question. I've dealt, dealt a lot with youth. Just one experience to put my foot on, you know, something to put on my foot on. What do we give them sometimes? You had an amazing camp at the altar, right? You cried to God. That's not you can't put your foot on that. It's temporal. It'll, the emotion will fade. Adrenaline washes out. Amen. I thank God for camps, conventions. I thank God for those things. But a Bibleway camp or wherever you go, winter camp, there's always a right turn out of the driveway. <laughs> and it's just you again. Maybe a friend. It's just you. Then what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's give people, let's help them recognize the plot. What's, what's been said? I've never had an experience I could put my foot on. All right. Notice this. Ordinarily, a human being is born in sin, shaped iniquity, come to the world speaking lies. That's two verses from the Psalms blended together. That's the nature of a human being. Sister Bruce says, yes. That was your nature. It changed once, but what changed it? Christ. Amen. There you are, sister. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Right? You were a certain way, your nature and your desire changed. That's it right? You want an experience to put your foot on? There it is. Whether it was on this certain day and this certain hour, ah, did it change? Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Then you have something to put your foot on. He changed. But you have to soak in those things. About him coming and dying for you, being your propitiation, your sin offering. Don't just listen to the you know, message. Some people put it on 1.5 times faster. Because they want to say, you know, I listen to you know, one message a day. You know, keeps the devil away. You know All these kind of slogans that don't necessarily work. I'm talking about reality. I'm talking about the real Christian life. I'm only here for one day. Maybe we're here in the evening. I don't know. I might get sent down the road early. But I like things practical and simple. I'm a gardener. I want a tree planted there. I plant it there. Right? There's nothing super complicated about my job. I don't do great equations and calculations about, you know, these kind of, you know, I want this there. I'll put it there for you. (laughs) I like things simple. Amen? Amen. Uh, So people, I I preached in Belgium. Max was there. I knew I met Max in Belgium. But man's checklist versus the token. We all have a checklist, you know, look like this, do this, act like this, believe, you know, you have a picture of the prophet in your house, you have a picture of Sunset Mountain in your house, you have this checklist to feel like a believer. Doesn't mean you're a believer. It means you're conforming to a certain way that people have lived in the message. Doesn't mean you're a believer. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my. And this I know this steps on some people's toes because it's so unorthodox, but we need some unorthodox people right now. Amen? Amen? We get too starchy sometimes. Sermons can become predictable.? <laughs> right? Conventions can become predictable, right? Last service. Run the race, fight the good fight, you know? You can predict things. We need the Lord Jesus. Amen. The unchanging God working in unexpected ways. That's a message. <laughs> the unchanging God working in unexpected ways. Yeah. Some people think, you know, Brother Bram does say you get what you expect. You, you, God meets your expectation. Absolutely. Right? But, that, oh man, we, we cabbage down on one side sometimes. Did everybody in the Bible always get things they expected? No. So there's two sides. Yeah. Oh my God, give me wisdom! To be able to hold two thoughts that seem contradictory, you can't, but they're together. God, give me wisdom. But we would cabbage down and we attack based upon one side. Oh, Lord, help us. Amen. The contention was so sharp between Paul and Silas. That's the book of Acts. The contention is so sharp over some quotes sometimes. Amen. We need to step back. Lord, I'm just going to check my pride at the door. Yeah. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm right, I'm not going to force you to accept I'm right. Saying yeah. God bless you. You think about it. And if you realize I'm right, you don't got to come kiss my feet. Yeah. If, if any of us are right, it's because of the Lord Jesus and the grace that's been given unto us. Yeah. You, know, you, know, God, you know, God gave me that revelation about the seventh seal in the 80s. Woo! You know? <laughs> Yeah, oh, I've, know, I've known that for a long time. Wonderful. It's because God showed you. Yeah. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. We're, we, we, you know, I'm a message theologian. So what? Be humble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Show me your character. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not the size of your brain. Yeah. In Satan's Eden, it talks about the worship of the devil and the man made intelligence and so forth. And what's the world moving towards right now? Artificial intelligence. Right? Oh my, they're worshiping the, the creations of their brain. Because they've lost the plot. Completely. They're so confused. <sighs> but one glorious day, this story will be over. Right? He'll take it like a garment and put it away. <laughs> but we're here for a purpose. As I said a grad, you know, the world's evil, the world's evil, the world's evil. It is. But God put you here. And there's other believers who have had it worse than we do now. I'm not going to talk about COVID and all this kind of stuff, but there's been believers who came up through. Uh, does anybody here study church history? I mean, the martyrs and so forth in China, Korea, wherever, Europe and so forth. Even just the, the, the reign of communism in countries like Russia. We've, we're just soft. <laughs> As I mentioned, sorry, at dinner, Blood Ram talks about I don't want to cut my finger with a soup can and give a testimony. He talks about the emperor who wanted that battle-scarred veteran to ride beside him. And he says, I want to be battle-scarred. But we've become soft. We have. Right? You look at, some of you just think about your grandpa or your great-grandpa. They were tough. Like my mom's, sorry, my wife's mom immigrated from Holland to Ontario. In the first few weeks, they lived in like a chicken coop. Right? Right? You know, we need homes, not hate. Can you live in a chip, chicken coop? Right? But those, those are people who didn't, weren't super entitled. They were rugged. We're going to survive? We're going to make do? God's with us? We're going to turn this horrible farm into a wonderful farm? We're going to work hard! They were rugged! And skill and ruggedness keeps fading. As technology takes its place, So the same thing can happen in spirituality where we allow technology to take the place of character. Websites and all sorts of things are fine, but not at the expense of character. God, give us character. Character is revealed by your works. It's the real you on the end. It's the aggregate sum of your personality is your character. That's molded by suffering. Nobody likes suffering. Myself included. If I can just... Avoid all suffering. It'd be wonderful. <laughs> but you'd have no character. Yeah. And the more your character is molded, the more your fellowship with the Lord gets better. Yeah. Yeah. If you find you, you're plateauing, say, Lord, you know, there's probably some suffering coming for you. Because <laughs> yeah. there's more for you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. So we're going to wind it up here. Maybe musicians can come. But what, what saith ye to these things? Are you aware... Uh, Am I aware that God's in nature, God's in his word, God's in his son, God's in his people, God's in you and I? Amen? Hallelujah. I'm so glad the message gives such clarity on these things. If you want some homework in your moleskin journal, go write down, God in nature, then how much do you engage with it? God in his son, how much do you believe it and engage with it? God in his word, how much do you believe it and engage with it? And it's not about just, you know, Eep, one hour, going to engage here. It's, the, it's a posture, as I spoke about on Friday. God in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen to Sister Bruce interview. Maybe go look at some of those token messages. Just, that's my advice to you. Amen. Do you want to stand and sing a song with me? I'll sing one song and I'll turn to Brother Ed. Is that okay? Do you know the song, The Love of Jesus, <laughs> is so wonderful? With the hand motions. Do you know it? You don't know it? Now there's one thing me and Brother Ed have in common. We're fantastic singers. <laughs> he told me one time when he starts singing, his mic turns off and a song leader is gonna come on from behind. But I'm not a great singer, but we'll sing the love of Jesus it's so wonderful. I have to look at my wife. She's a more of a singer. Does it go high, wide? What's the order? so high you'll know it okay ready the love of jesus is so
3: wonderful the love of jesus is so wonderful
0: to sing deep and wide. <laughs> We're going to sing it. <laughs> I felt like singing it after the grad, when he started talking about the, the width and the depth and the height. I thought, man, that's a good one. And then I thought we could sing right after that, I, I'm, I'm climbing up the mountain or whatever that, that song is, just climbing, uh, building up the temple, whatever it is. We're going to sing deep and wide. Can we do that? song. Because you can measure real good that way. <laughs> Let's sing it one more time. Deep
1: and wide
0: They could turn the camera around on all of you as you're singing that song. It is glorious to behold. I was watching the balcony. I was watching back there. It was, It's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus
1: is to me. He's Counselor, Prince of Peace. Jesus is to me, he's Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God is he, he's saved me and keeping me from all sin and shame, wonderful is my Redeemer, pray
0: his name. Isn't he wonderful? Amen. We thank God for the simple message the uncomplicated message that we've received. But we're human beings and we make it complicated. Have you ever felt sometime, ah, I'm lost in this all and I'm, it's, it's complicated and I can't understand all of this and what's going on? I think we need Brother Kyle at a time like that. <laughs> How many appreciated the message this morning? Amen. God doesn't make clones. Brother Kyle's proof of that. There's no clones. But I, I, you know what? I appreciate his heart and where he's coming from. And you know, I, I, think the world. You know, the common saying is, I can't, I can't see the forest. There's just too many trees around. We, we sometimes lose it. I, I shared this before. I'll, I'll just share it now. But I, I used to live in, in Ottawa for a while. I was first a Christian, and I, I boarded in a house, and I lived with this landlady, and she was cultured, and she spoke three languages, and you know she, she, she had said to me one day, she said, have you ever been to a symphony? And I said, no, I've not. And she just about was aghast that I'd never been at a symphony. She said, I'm taking you to a symphony. Says, and I said, I'm from Alberta. I'm a redneck. I don't know what a symphony is. And so, anyway, we went to the symphony, and, and, and it, was, it was tremendous. Like, everybody was in their place, and there was everything was going on, and this conductor came out with his long hair, and he whipped it up like this, and and everybody just applauded, and, and it, they started the music, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I didn't truly engage. <laughs> I didn't get into it. We, we kept hearing that. You've got to engage. Yeah. Understand, and, you know, there was a plot, and everybody that went there, they knew the plot, and, you know, the, it went through its highs, it went through its lows, it went through that... You know, and I, I was just saying, man, I hope this thing's over pretty soon. And, and it was just real quiet, and, and it was coming to a place, and it was just quiet music, and I was almost asleep. And all of a sudden, they hit a couple of notes, and everybody stood up. I was the last guy to stand up, because I didn't know the plot. And I just say, oh, keep me so close. Let me see the big picture. Let me, let me not forget what Calvary meant. Let me not forget God is in nature. Let me not forget God and my brother and my sister. Oh, man, if we, we could see, you know, sometimes the devil just wants to make us look, oh, there's a difference here. The book of Acts isn't just contention, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the book of Acts next time you get into a fight. No, no, that's not what it is. We've we got to bring a balance to that. The book of Acts is also brothers who died for others and, and who gave themselves, and it was Christ coming into the church. My, we, we thank God for it, so we need to see the big picture. Don't lose your vision of Jesus. Let, let's, let's, let's sing that. Don't lose your vision.
1: Don't lose your vision of Jesus.
0: So many good things were said. And you no, know, Brother Kyle speaks fast, but just, if you want, you can go back and listen to it. It was refreshing the other day at the grad. And, you know, he asked a question. There was, it was a question asked to all the grads, actually. Uh, I don't know exactly how it was phrased, but they said, if you could do one of two things, if, if there was something evil and you could prevent it, would you rather do that or would you rather find something good and work with it? I think most of the graduates took the second part because you can overcome evil by good. But the key is, is that you've got to recognize the world is evil, but I'm in the world and I came from God and God dwells in me and I can change something. I can engage and I can make a difference. And you know, the devil would make you think you can't change it. The the wave of sin is so bad. It's so terrible. You know, he, he said some really good things. You know I I I really like the part you know when he talked about Sister Bruce and it's in the masterpiece message and actually Brother Branham would would refer to it in the message after the interview and he would say this this sister came and he said there was a a, a sister a person in the room he says Brother Branham I have so many things that I know that's wrong I, I can raise my hand And then he says this right after he says A godly little woman. That's the outside man. What about the inside that Christ has done something? And he would make this statement. He said, Sister, don't look at yourself. It's just what your desire is and what you try to do. And if you really love the Lord, you try to serve Him with all your heart. Then all your mistakes is hid in the blood of the Lord Jesus. See? he made a way oh that that does so much to me how many times have we slipped or stumbled or fallen but there's a blood there's a perfect one amen we thank God I want to sing a verse or two I was thinking as he was saying about the plot and the story and I want to sing this is my story this is my song praising my Savior all the day long. I believe it's blessed assurance. Let's just sing that and then we're going to close in prayer.
1: Blessed
0: assurance.
1: Jesus is mine.